the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Sadly, so many people think of God as a killjoy, a buzzkill. He keeps us from doing the fun things. But as we'll see today, the really delightful things are found in Him. Our life in this planet is filled with searching for happiness, contentment, peace, delight, pleasure. And really, the only place we'll find especially pleasure is in God. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. We're taking a look at the pleasure to be found in God, of all things, pleasure, contentment, peace. These are things we're looking at as our series, Finding Pleasure in God, continues. Once again, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Here's Pastor Phil with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Your dad could say, I love you. Well, now that's either a fact or that's a not. And you could either take it this way, my dad loves me, big deal. Or you might think, or it says, Wow, that moves me that he took time. He really feels that way about me. Now, it could mess with your emotions, could it not? Your emotions won't make it true or not. He either said it, he either loves or he doesn't. But your response, I'll give you this example, and then we jump into it. Uh, I've said it many times. When I first heard the doctrine of election, that God chooses people for himself, either Israel or individuals, I was blown away because... I grew up anti all of that stuff. Didn't buy it. God can't choose people. Who does he think he is? And uh, uh, I I just didn't buy it. Uh, He didn't choose Abraham. Billy Graham evangelized him, and that's why he came. You know, know, God just can't be choosing people. He just can't be doing this. But when it finally started penetrating me, I I remember being at the table one night because I was going to college while I was at home, and I was in this little Bible school, and I just said it like this. One night, my dad sat here, my mother sat there, Hazel sat there, I'm here. And I said, because I want my dad to keep paying my tuition, and I said, Dad, I learned something today that may offend you, uh, but I want to tell you, I never heard it before. It sounds blasphemous, but let me at least tell you what I heard. And he said, what is it? I said, if I got it right, if I got it right, God started loving the Howards before he made the Milky Way. Because he said he loved us before the foundation of the world. Some of you don't yet even figured out if you believe it or not. I could care less. God could care less. He said it. I tell it. Now I'm waiting to get a response. Well, my dad could either do this. I don't believe it. Didn't do that. He could have said, that's nice. He didn't do that. He just pulled out his handkerchief. Because he started, now, he'd been working iron all day. He's still got his work clothes. He's got grease on him from Biggie Crane and rigging. But he starts weeping. 
Because uh, we're emotional wreck size. We come from the low side of Christianity. We come from the side where you feel the stuff. We didn't grow up in New England with deism. Nobody told us we couldn't cry. So he just started crying. I thought, what's going on? Then all of a sudden, my mother, who was an intellectual giant, you know, little short, fat Irish girl, grew up with a drunken minor for a father. She starts wiping her eyes. I said, Mama, you can't be understanding this. What are you crying for? I didn't say that. <laughs> and then Hazel's down there. Now, none of us have ever been told this stuff because we're against this stuff. We don't believe this. We chose God. He didn't choose us. Then Hazel's crying. And then I'm crying. I said, what's, what's happening here? And then my dad, he finally got his exposure. He said, it's glorious, isn't it? It's glorious. You mean that God wanted us so bad that way back there he was thinking about us? See? Yeah, if you, you think about it a moment, you might need a handkerchief. But, but if you're just good old orthodox, well, next, next point. What's the next point? Let's get over it. Shake it off. Shake what off? How dare you? What do you think worship is? Worship is not my mind. It went through my mind before it got to my eyes. I understand what I'm saying. I'm not manipulating. God doesn't manipulate our emotions. But he says, I'm going to do things in you through Christ that are so magnificent it will move every aspect of your being. Your emotions, your will, uh, your understanding, uh, your psychological well-being. Uh, I'm a God you can bask in, all of you. And, and yours is overwhelming. And that's where Edward said some days he spent nearly half a day just weeping over what he was understanding. Now, I just say that to say... Here are some of the affections. There's going to be 12. I'm selective, not exhaustive. But let's just start the journey. They're so obvious. Tell me, are these just decisions for God? Are these divine effects on you? On anyone born again? I had uh, Pastor Ted tell me the other day about how he got saved. He said, well, maybe I'm not normal. I got saved and the power of drugs and alcohol, all this is broken. But maybe I'm not the norm. I said, you are the norm. Quit making every kind of brand that said, well, I didn't get deliverance, but I, I really believed in a Savior. No, he delivers. First thing, it's obvious we can't stay long. It's so obvious. The love of God is the first thing probably that you were affected by. And according to Romans 5, God gushed the love of God abroad in your heart the moment he saved you. Romans 5. Now, now, love to you might be just a cognitive, sacrificial love. But did you know love is an emotional word too? That he says words like this in Peter. Love the brethren. But in Romans and in 1 Peter, he does things like this. He adds the word, with sincerity. Uh, in 1 Peter 1, 21 earnestly be loving the brethren. Another translated was, with all family affection, love them. So now, you folks are just like a command will kind of Christianity. I love you. Hello. I've chosen my heart to love you. <laughs> but I really don't have any affection for you, you dog. I'm just stuck with you in this church. 
Peter says, love affectionately. And the word earnestly literally meant to lean over and to be straining out. Everything in your being is straining. I love you. John says, you don't know God if you don't love your brother. And you'll love him so much that if he's naked and if he's hungry, you'll feed him. You'll give your money and you'll do it with gladness. The church in great poverty, they gave their money with gladness. Wow, it wasn't just a decision to, I will love them. I am affected so that I have a family affection for the family of God because I've met the true and living fountain and he floods his people with a love for himself and a love for people. And I see Christians who they don't attract anybody because I don't know that they're saved because they don't have enough affection to come across as being loving. They're always right and stern and tough. You need to get saved or meet the God who could burn up the universe, who filled a manger out of love for sinners. It's like this little gal that we see Friday carrying this baby out of wedlock. And I told her at the hospital bed, we didn't come to stone you. And if her baby was born here, we'd celebrate that life. And some of you'd be having a fit. Hey, how do you get a baby out of wedlock? You sin. That's how you do it. You sin, just like all of you, sin. And the Christ of Calvary can forgive a 24-year-old girl for a big mistake. He can forgive and restore this girl. Do we endorse the sin? She didn't ask us to. She knows it's wrong. I know it's wrong. Jesus said, when I came, I already found you condemned. Moses had done a great job of condemning you. I came to save you. The whole race is already condemned. You don't have to waste a lot of time on it. They're condemned. But love, I mean, the verses go on and on. I I don't want to stay there because I've got 11 more to tell you about. But you know, all over the Bible, love. How do we know? No one's walking in. If any man says he's walking in the light and hates his brother is a liar. He walks in darkness. The whole Christian life. You know what? That's why the fellowship ought to be contagious. We ought to be running twice the size we are. But many of you aren't contagiously in love with God or with people. Or else you'd be getting them here. Contagious Christians can't be quiet about the one they fell in love with. Instead of hearing this, well, you'll get over it. Vance Havner said, I've been saved 70 years and I never got over it. This is wonderful. Love, it's one of the great affections that hits us. Second of all, Peter mentions it, joy. Uh, Here I think of 2 Corinthians 8. A persecuted church, also a poor church in 2 Corinthians, they give their money with cheerfulness. They not just gave an offering, they were cheerful about it. You know what's hard on believers is to read verses where God commands an emotion. Rejoice in the Lord, and again I say rejoice. I'm not the rejoicing kind. No, you don't know God, the source of joy. This isn't a personality test. Those who know God have a joy inexpressible, full of glory. Say, well, what am I saved when I don't have that joy? Yeah, but why don't you repent that you've lost that joy? 
You see, we can keep up our duties even when we lose the emotion at times. And we all become sluggish at times. And we lose the zest. And we may lose these different things at work in us. But what you do, you say, Lord, I confess the sin that I've lost my joy. I'm still teaching the class, but I've lost the joy of service. It's now become nothing but duty. There's no longer delight. And what you'll do, you ask God, restore the emotion because God wants me to not only do the deed, but to experience the emotion or the effect while I'm doing it. Not only to love you, but if I've lost this affection for you or this earnestness to love you, I'll just do the deed or I'll just give the offering, but I've lost the cheerfulness about giving. I just, but I give, I'm a tither. I'll be there. Was it cheerful? No, I'm just paying God off for another month. Just keeping up my insurance policy. You've lost the joy. You've lost the cheerfulness. And we all do that at times, but we ought to confess. And I don't think you resign your class because you lost your joy. You probably sometimes we have to keep doing our duty while we're praying to God and confessing, I've lost the affection. I've lost. And this is exactly what happened to Ephesus in Revelation. They kept doing the work while they had lost the love for Christ. Now, was that the thing to do? Well, what they should have been doing is he told them, you need to repent and get back so you can keep doing the work, keep hating the false doctrine of the Nicolaitans, keep doing that up. I commend you. But you need to repent for the fact you've lost the emotion and the affection of loving me as a first priority. And many in the church and many a preacher, they still go through the rigors of the duties, but they've lost the glow, just like some of you. We call it backslidden. We call it lukewarm. We have different spiritual names for it, but we need to just repent. Say, this is not the way you want me to serve you. You want me to serve you in joy, in love, Help me to get back what I may have lost. But joy is a great part of true biblical. Delight yourself in the Lord. Be finding your pleasure. John Piper's whole movement is based on a model he came up with. It goes this way. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied with everything he's done for us in Jesus. When Jesus is the most satisfactory joy of your life, God is the most glorified. Why? The chief end of man, end, singular, is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. A God you don't enjoy brings him no glory. When you're not enjoying God, you're not bringing any glory to God. Because God says to really glory in me is to enjoy me. And so Christianity that's been stripped of joy, well, what happened? Did you lose your God? Luther's wife walked into him one day. He had fits of depression. And she walked into him, and he was all down and out. She went back and dressed in black clothing and walked into the room to see him. And he said, wait, who died? She said, haven't you heard God did? And he said, how dare you? That's not possible. She says, well, the way you're acting, I assumed he died. (laughs) We thought God died. And she rebuked him thoroughly. 
for his depression and down. Say, our God has not died. Has he? They may kill the body, but the soul they cannot touch. They can take kindred and goods. They can strip us of everything. But we have a city whose foundations are in the heavens of which no man can destroy. And he told that to a suffering Jewish congregation in Hebrews 11. We've lost many things. We've had our prophets sawn in two. But we have an inheritance that it cannot fade away. Kept, as Peter says, in heaven for us. What we've got can never be lost. So, our God can never die. Joy. How are you doing on joy? Uh, let's just keep moving. Contentment. The Bible says to not covet anything. And the opposite of covetousness is contentment. And the Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. And he said that to a pastor, by the way. But he said in Hebrews thirteen five that having this God, be content with such things as you have. Did you know the American way of life is not to be contented about anything? Don't be contented in your marriage. Don't be contented with your house. Don't be contented with your finances. For to remain restless and wanting is the American image. Because we've got to have something to be selling. We want you to buy our product. You know what the enemy of covetousness is? You say, I have all I need in Jesus. I'm content. I'm not envious. I'm not jealous. I got just the wife God thought I needed. I don't need a new model. I've got probably all the house I can reasonably afford. Why do I want another? I, I just am contented. Well, come on. Lust, seduction, covetousness, everything. No, you need that new car. You need those new mags. You need that new, you need. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, and all of a sudden, wait, wait, wait. I'm satisfied. My daughters, they say, you're so hard to buy for. Every Christmas I get this. Birthday. You're hard to buy for. Why? They don't know any need I have. I say, what I need is for you to write me a glorious card on how wonderful a dad I've been to you. <laughs> I don't need another shirt. I don't need, I need your love. I don't need another pair of shoes. It's the cards I keep, and sometimes I wish you would have bought a nicer shirt. <laughs> no, 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 it's the cards I keep. It's the cards. Isn't that right? It's not, oh, me the need. The need is, I feel my need to be loved by the girls I fathered. And all you dads share. You're not expecting them to pay a payment. Well, contentment. Fourth thing, God gives his people peace. Have you forgot how long ago it was since you got peace? The wreck you were before you were saved? I was a wreck at 14. The last month before I was saved, I was a wreck because I thought I was plunging into hell. I was under so much conviction and fearful of the wrath of God. I was a wreck for sure. What about you? When God found you, do you remember what life was like before he flooded you with peace? And you found out you had peace with God 
And then you start learning by prayer and trust. When you're in the midst of different crises, you can have the peace of God. We take it for granted, but peace is shalom, shalom. No wonder the Jewish people, shalom, peace, health, prosperity, well-being. This is the, one of the catchphrases for God's people. I'm well with God. I'm at peace with God. Oh, my neighbors may like me, they may not. I may be getting along the job, I may not, but I'm at peace with God. Oh, what a sweet, I think of Ernest Snyder passing away. At peace with God, sailing home to the arms of Jesus. What, what could buy you that consolation to watch your daddy slip into the presence of God and know that all is well? It is well. It is well with my soul. We take it for granted, maybe, but peace that delivers you from a therapist's couch that might deliver you from all kinds of unnecessary medications, and you just found it in Christ. The peace we used to sing, I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. How I used to love that broadcast. I found a place of rest in Christ. Fifth thing is uh, forgiveness instead of grudge bearing. And this is a sure affection of God in a person's life. When God saves people, he turns them into forgivers, and they give up their grudges. Did you know what? If God was as grudge-bearing as some people, you would empty heaven of every sinner that's made it. Because nobody gets to heaven unless God forgives. If God doesn't forgive, if he just keeps grudges... We've got to vacate heaven because you're not going, and I'm not going. I'm going to heaven because I'm forgiven, not because I'm perfect. And I see Christians fighting. I see some feuds that have gone on for years. I say, I, I have to stretch my meaning of Christianity to call you Christian. When do we forgive? Jesus says you ought to be praying daily, and every time you pray, you're saying, and Father, forgive me while I'm forgiving them. I know I'm a jerk about a lot of things, and a lot of things I may even forgive me, and I'm forgiving them at the same time, because I want to imitate God the Father, who for Christ's sake has forgiven me of all my sins. Ephesians 4.32. Did you know it becomes a way of life that Christians cease to be picky when they really are drinking from this fountain? Because they are so aware, I've been forgiven, forgiven, forgiven. Oh, you need forgiveness? Let me return the favor. Instead of saying, you dumbo, don't ever do this again. You hear Jesus said, don't tell them never again. Tell them you've got 469 more chances to do it today. Because we're to forgive seven times 70. Have you ever done that in a day? Instead of, don't ever do that again. Oh, shut up. <laughs> what if God told you that? I forgive you this time, but you better never do it again. You got it? Why do we treat people that way? How long did it take you to break some habits and to learn good speech? I hear Christians still cussing. Man alive, I stopped cussing the month after I got saved. As a pastor, I've picked up hell and damn once in a while. 
but they only seem like the appropriate word, but I don't feel like I'm cussing. I really mean that. Has God just come into your life and cleaned your mouth? Well, he says, forgiveness. Does anyone here feel forgiven? Or is forgiveness just purely intellectual? I feel forgiven. There's no weight on me about any of my sins. None. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to His knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call, 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Carefully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855-833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And that website, once again, truthfortodayradio.org. It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.